Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Frankie Timers podcast show where we discuss all things Manchester United. And in this show, we're going to be talking about the mentality of this football club. Uh, yesterday, we played Wolverhampton Wanderers. Where we lost 1-0. And the previous day, we played Newcastle. And guys, I got to admit, after Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been sacked, nothing has changed. Uh, and the main topic is what is going on with the club itself. Why are the players not performing? Why has it been any bounce ever since a new manager came in? Ragnar came in, and we see the players look anything more worse than what Oli took over, and the physicality, the intensity is not there. And we see the game sometimes, we don't look like scoring goals, and kind of look like we still can see more chances. Uh, Stu, Based on the Newcastle and Wolverhampton game, we saw this a little bit coming from Norwich, but we didn't want to believe it because maybe it was just a blip. But is it is it all for what started after all has been fired? Is it still the negativity still there from his reign? What do you think? I think, I think it's interesting, Chris, because, you know, before we began, we were talking about a culture, the culture of the club. And, and how that's changed since Woodward and the Glazers took over. But actually, you've used the term mentality, and I think that's, that's, that's more appropriate, really, because it is a mentality, and it's a mentality from the executives right down to pitch level that, that's, that's wrong. It's wrong. I'm not going to call it negative. It, mm. It's just wrong. You know, you've got mm. the recruitment, which is wrong. And the mm-hmm. mentality around the approach to recruitment that Woodward's brought. Mm-hmm. So basically, you've got three men that are in charge of recruitment, including Woodward, that know nothing about football. Absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. They're financiers. They are bankers, merchant bankers. They know nothing about football, yet have taken on this approach to running the club and, in particular, recruitment in terms of management, in terms of players, coaching staff. And, and, and they've been wrong but done nothing about that, but just continued and continued, continued because they can't recognise their own mistake because of their mentality. And it's been the same with Solskjaer. Solskjaer had a certain mentality around the football and the coaching, which was wrong. We've seen that. And we could talk about Moyes and we could talk about other managers, but we won't. The fact is, the whole mentality of the club, from executive right down to pitch level, is completely wrong for Manchester United. And this is where we, where it's, it, it's, it's just, it looks as if we've got a negative culture, but actually it's, it, it's a mentality more than a culture. And there's lots of things going wrong on the pitch that we could pick up on. Team mm-hmm. selection, players' negative um, uh, um, uh, body, uh, body language and things mm-hmm. like that. But they're the little bits. There's lots of little bits in a melting pot. The key thing is the mentality of the club. I agree, Stuart. Jamie, we see the, the players out there on the pitch, man, and we and like Stuart said, we could pinpoint every bit of the move that the players are doing wrong, but it starts off on the recruitment, man. But let me get your opinion. Are the players much to blame on this or as well? Because um, I guess it starts from the board level, but the players are the ones playing on the pitch, and We've seen better performances even on the other managers and we won trophies. And now we got better players and got worse. What do you think of that? Uh, I, think, I think personally what, what my dad is saying is correct. I think what, what, you, what we need to do as fans is 
try and separate the two. I know it's difficult, but what's going on on pitch level, what's going on on board level. Mm-hmm. So I get that <laughs> recruitment's been poor and the way, the way certain situations have, uh, have been handled in the media are bad. Um, but on pitch level, for me, you have to, you have to, you have to draw that divine. Uh, me as a player, if I was going to go and play, I would look at it and say, right, okay, we're not mad on this manager, or you know, I, I really like Paul Pogba. I really wanted the club to sign some players that are of equal uh, stature in world football to match my ambitions. You know, all those things you could complain about as a player. Or like they were complaining that they didn't want to do two training sessions a day because it was getting home too late. You know, you can complain about those things. But on match day, you've still got to put in your all. So you've still got to show heart and you've still got to have belief that you can win and you can still got to, you know... I mean, what I always say is, at some point, um, all of us as fans have paid to watch those players kick that ball. So whether it's you go to the game whether you watch it on subscription on Sky or ESPN or whatever, whether you go to a bar and buy a beer to watch it, at some point, regardless of how much you've spent, you know, if you, if you stream it illegally on your phone, you've still paid your phone bill. So essentially, at some point, you've, everyone has spent money to watch those players kick, kick, kick that ball around the pitch. And I personally feel like those players that forget that and then that, and then essentially they owe us a performance, regardless of how much you've spent. And I think they're not doing that. And I, I think the prime example was after the game, I don't know if you've seen it, they interviewed Luke Shaw. And Luke Shaw come across as if he was like dishevelled and he didn't have any confidence. And this is to him, um, you know, how do you think you played? And he was saying, oh, it's not good enough. And then, um, you know, we know we're not attacking enough. And, we know sometimes it's not a pass on and things like that. Well, what I don't get is if you know that that's not good enough, why are you not trying harder? So there was a lot of people on Twitter after the game saying, oh, great interview from Luke Shaw, you know, really frank, and it shows where we are. Well, I'm sorry, but that isn't Luke Shaw's worst performance to date. He's been giving shit performances for fucking yeah. years. And he's the highest paid left back in fucking European football, if not yeah. the world. So just because he's come out one fucking day and gone, oh, you know what? We're really struggling at the moment. You can fuck off, mate. £165,000 a week. Get out there and start running around and start tackling players and tracking back and putting some fucking effort in. Not just coming out and going, oh, well, uh, you know, I, 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 we're struggling to attack. It's not good enough, mate. It, Mm-hmm. And uh, what what, it, what it's insulting, Jamie. You're absolutely it's insulting. It's really insulting. Insul- and, and what I don't, what I find more frustrating than the interview was people. I don't see that, and people see that. Um, oh well, it's great to see an insight, and he's clearly down. We've heard all this before. It was Maguire yeah. last time when, before Ollie got sacked. You know, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, let's 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 have a think now and and. You look at that yesterday, before the game, I was playing and I was shocked, mate. I was taken aback. I thought, this is it. We're having a nightmare. Phil Jones was the best United player on the pitch, regardless, you know, other than De Gea. Oh, he's, yeah. not played, he's not played for 707 days. Mm-hmm. And 
I just thought, you know, if Phil Jones is setting the standards, it can't be based on ability. It really can't. Yeah, I, I agree, man. And back on the players, Hugo, your input on this, man, because we, the players out there, they, they're playing for an interim manager who's only there for six months, but he's going to be up in the board level for the next two years. And we could talk about what his influence in the board level is going to be, but surely the players out there, now, if they're playing for the fans, which they should be, but also playing for the careers, they should at least step it up a bit because their careers at Man United could be almost over. And Hugo, give me your opinion on that, man, based on what you have seen. Oh, God, here we fucking go. All right, listen, you know, I agree with both Sir Stewart and Jamie over there. Um, they, no, they're, they're right on everything they're saying. But that being said, since y'all heard all of that, Man, fuck the board. Fuck everyone else at that point. Do your fucking job. All right? I'm going to give you one prime example. My company where I work at, I work at a fucking lumber yard. The company just got bought out. My managers have been switched. I still have to do returns. It doesn't matter who the fuck is running the show. I still have to put away shit. I still have to load customers up. There's no fucking change on what my job is to do. Not one. I still do the fucking same job. So my thought is, why the fuck aren't you doing yours? I get paid minimum fucking wage and I could get fired tomorrow if I don't do my fucking job. And it's and it's insane for me to think that, yes, I understand the board is some shit. Yes, I understand when the coaches is not getting back and we're getting switched on. That don't matter for shit. If you tie your laces up and your ass walks on that fucking turf, do your fucking job. And it's sad that the only person doing that is De Gea and the fucking ref. That's the sad fucking part about the whole thing. And it's only De Gea, the fucking side, uh, the, the, the linesman, and the fucking ref who are doing their jobs. Oh, and the water boy. Making sure, you know, even the ball boys are doing their job better than my fucking team. And that's the sad fucking part of the whole thing. Just me looking at these guys struggling to run back. You, you, you're struggling to run back. That's that's literally 90% of the sport running like you legit can't do the basics. Like, like at this point, could they actually manage to play on a Sunday league with a guy that's been working at a steel mill seven fucking for six days and he's drunk off his ass from Saturday night and still running right past you on, on a fucking Sunday league. And then he still grabs another fucking pint at fucking halftime and goes back out there. Like, who the fuck do you think you are to think that your ass shouldn't be running back? And, and, and it's sad because, like, I, I can see every time the camera goes on CR7 that he's regretting this decision. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I can yeah. see his face thinking, you know, at least at Juventus, they ran back. Like, like yeah. when it kills me to see... Ronaldo inside of our own penalty box. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Why is he there? There's four other people plus two more that's supposed to be taking care of that fucking box. It's 16 yards. That needed that man needs to be worried about the, the other third, the, the final third. But you guys are making sure that the whole fucking 11 players are there. 
And counterattack, I'm saying I haven't seen counterattack since Mourinho at this point because it's like it's it's just not working. And like Jamie said, oh, we always hear every we're not good enough. We're not good. They don't fucking do something about it. If my doors don't lock to my house, do you think I'm going to go to sleep and be like, oh, well, you know, the door's not locking and it's not good enough. So we're going to try again next week. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to change the lock immediately. I'm going to fix it so I can go to fucking sleep, making sure that the door is locked. Like it's, 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 it's logic. And it's like logic is being thrown out the window. And I get it. The media is just throwing us curveballs left and right. But it's like their job is to do that. To fuck with you it's the media like i'm saying there's there's fucking tmz for christ's sake and their whole job is to fuck with celebrities so the media's job is to fuck with whatever they're covering your job is to kick a ball make sure the passes are done and get it through that fucking net that's literally your whole fucking job stop worrying about what everybody's talking about stop worrying about what managers what what upper management is doing fuck all that Make sure your ass plays. Make sure your ass runs 90% of the game and the other 10%, you make the right choices. It's that fucking simple. Yes. And they're yeah. not getting it. Yeah, you're spot on, man. I was on the KG the Comedian the other day and I, and I said it as well. These players came to the bases. They can't play a five-yard pass. They look lost in the sauce when, when they're in the field. What I want to bring up is, are they affecting the top players? So when we see Ronaldo, we bought Varane and we bought Sancho, we, we got an even worse, like I said previously. And they say, they say a, a, there's a saying saying that a picture says a thousand words. Silence says everything. I don't, well, when I watch Mayonetta on the telly, because I'm from the States in North Carolina, you know, I don't know what goes on off of it. Damien, Stu, you've been in the games and you see lots of little things that kind of mean a lot. For example, you see against Liverpool, I heard that Ronaldo was having to go at the coaching staff because he didn't know what was going on. He didn't know what to do. In the Newcastle game, I saw him talking to Harry Maguire because he got fouled in that game. And he was pointing at the ref, which interpreted that, hey, you're the captain, go talk to the referee. And it's just one of those that has it even, Stuart, do you think that it affected the top players like Ronaldo, Varane, that they're also being polluted with the rubbish that is going on within the football club? What do you think of that, man? I think, I think um, players like Ronaldo, Cavani, Varane probably are impervious to, to being polluted by mediocre players like Maguire and, and so on. But mm. They'll be astounded, you know. I've I've seen it on Ronaldo's face and and Cavani's face. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can see it when they're, they're asking players. You know, there's a look of confusion yeah. very often on on Ronaldo's face to say, "What the hell were you thinking? Why, why have you done that? Or why aren't you doing that?" You know, and it's just utter confusion because they've played for great managers and and played at great clubs. Ronaldo, when he was at United, it was a completely different ball game, wasn't it, under Ferguson? Mm-hmm. You know. And he's come back and thought, how the hell has that changed in eight years, nine years? Mm-hmm. You know, Cavani's played for some great clubs. He's a top-class player. He's probably the first on the training pitch in the last off. And he's, he's looking at some of the young kids like Rashford, can't understand the body language. The kid doesn't want to play. So, so these top players won't understand what's going on. And, the, and clearly, what, what really annoys me is that the, the players like Rashford and Maguire and Wan-Bissaka and to a large extent, sure, 
and not learning from these top quality players. I mean, we're talking about players. We're talking about Ronaldo, who's the best player in the world, arguably. We're talking about Cavani, who's up there, you know, and other top players. Look at Mbappe. You don't see him with negative body language when he's playing for PSG. He's playing one of the worst leagues in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he goes on there and he's always up for it. So you look at Rashford and some of the others I've mentioned and you've got to say, what the fuck is going on with you? Who are you to have that kind of attitude? Mm-hmm. You know? And he said, I go back to what Jamie was saying about Luke Shaw's interview last night. I saw it when I got home after the game. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I thought it was quite abstract because... He doesn't actually say, he doesn't, he doesn't point any fingers, but he did say, we, as Jamie said, we, we lack that intensity. Well, who lacked the intensity? And then he said, we lack motivation. Well, who is it? Is, is that the whole team? Because you're wrong if, that, if that's the case. Because Ronaldo doesn't lack motivation. Varane's finding his feet and he's working hard. Jaden Sancho is not sorry, a great sorry. Just, just, just interrupt me there. Just interrupt me there. Sorry. Um, for someone to say they lack motivation when they're on such a high wage is once again insulting. If someone to say yeah. we lack motivation when they've got 70,000 people in a stadium cheering them on and then X amount of million cheering them on across the globe is just utterly ridiculous. It's probably one of the most, yeah. you know, one of, one of the most ridiculous things anyone could ever say. And I just think he's a fool. I think there's a there's a I think there's a culture within within the club running through the players where if they don't want to do something and they don't want to turn up or they don't want to do anything, they just won't. And we've seen it with Solskjaer when they decided to stop playing. We've seen it with Mourinho when they decided to stop playing. And, and I think like what you're saying there is right. And I think last night is a prime example of that. They just didn't want to turn up, so because they didn't want to turn up, they just didn't. And mm-hmm. it, it, that interview, but, what you were saying there, we're not motivated, is uh, it, basically him admitting to what we're saying. And people yeah. around the yeah. globe are, are, are praising him for being honest. But who's, you know, who's he talking about, Amy? You know, he's he talking about De Gea or Ronaldo no. or Cavani or Jaden Sancho or Varane. He's not talking about any of those. I mean, Fred's shit. He, he really is shit, but you can't say he doesn't put in a shift. So he's not talking about Fred even. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Martial, himself, Pogba, Rashford, Pogba, Maguire, Wan-Bissaka. You know, well, if this is the case, the club has got to look at its approach and its own mentality and say, right, we've got to get these people out. But they don't. We've had, How long have we had these people now? Most of them for years. Wan-Bissaka's probably the the least mm. we get him after yeah. Maguire. I saw, yeah. Well, you know, you, you've got a prime example about the club being run. When I was reading this thing on Sky Sports today, so I, I don't usually put Sky Sports news on, but I was so taken aback by last night. And I, um, I put Sky Sports news on this morning before I said this morning when I got up after my night shift. And um, it, there, was, there was a thing on it saying Pog was now available to agree. Pre, pre-contract or whatever to leave so he can agree in terms of another club to leave whenever yes. he wants oh, at the end of the season and then um, this says there's still an offer from Manchester United on the table for Pogba um, to, to stay if he wants to uh, but they're not going to not going to improve it or anything now, let, let's not forget that 
this offer that was on the table is £350,000 a week. Yeah. Now, I know if, if it was Messer, right, and the 1st of January come, and loads of other clubs was interested, it'd be, the, the, the deal would be done and it'd be all over the papers. So if Pogba is this player that he likes to think he is, this footballing superhero, why is the deal not already done? Because he's got the super agent, and he's got, what's his name, Iola, the greatest agent to ever do anything with world football. So why is the deal not done? So a Manchester United that I know, the Manchester United of old, would have said to him, you've got the next, you've got the next month to agree this deal. If you don't agree, we'll take the deal off the table and we don't care. Or he even goes so far as to say, no one wants you. So that 350 grand a week is now 150 grand a week. Stay or go. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. done absolutely nothing. That is how you deal with these players. Marcus Rashford, the same. He's a young kid. I think he's got all the talent in the world. I think he's, he could be an absolute world beater. But for some reason, he just doesn't seem interested. And it's, yeah. I was just trying to explain to you today, today earlier. People will say, you know, he's not in good form or things like that. I get that. I get that players come in and out of form. Do you know what I mean? I think as a, me as a player, I was always in bad form. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But... The debate, like what, what Hugo was saying, is they're not doing the basics. Just to carry you off, you mentioned about Rashford, Shaw, Wan-Bissaka, too. In a way, are the players kind of selfish? Like, they want the spotlight in a way that, you know, they're not willing to sacrifice their game uh, to make the team win. Uh, for example, I get it. Players lose confidence and it does influence their game. But when I saw Marcus Rashford came on, You've been dropped in the past two games because you haven't been good enough. And I agree with what, what, what Ralph did. You, you need to use this opportunity, right? You had 15 minutes to come in and make the change. And I yeah. saw you could not be asked. You played a ball that you could have played Bruno and you pass it to the goalkeeper in the other team. And that's just yeah. summed up Marcus Rashford. I, he does have the, the, the ability to become a top player. But what I just saw, you could not be asked. Hugo, do you honestly think that Ragnick is figuring out the little issues or do you see no change at all? I honestly think he don't give a shit on some real shit. I really think he just don't care. Rashford? Uh, Ragnarok. You know, I just think he don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Um, like, honestly, he's just like, listen, I got the manager job. I, I got the upper upper management job. I don't give a shit. You know, this team could go down. This team could go up. Uh, we could stay at the same level. We could get relegated. I'm still going to get that fucking check. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't see no spark. I don't see no like, oh, we need to get this done. We need to, to, to change this whole, like, I hear shit talk. I hear just enough talk to get him to the end of the season. He cares about middle of the table. And all he's seeing is like, listen, is my stuff here from, from Germany? Is my stuff here from, you know, did I get that TV? Is my bed in yet? That's all he gives a shit about. He doesn't care where the fuck we land at. He knows what job is coming, come in September. He knows where he's going to be at fucking June. He's going to be upstairs with a fucking nice desk. That's all he cares about. That's the way I see it. He's just like, I'm just going to bullshit everybody. And and just like the way he talks and posts interviews, I'm just like, bro, oh, yeah. don't give a shit. Like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, I don't see no spirit. I don't see no heart. I'm like, you don't give a fuck. Yo. At that point, I'm just like, 
it's, it's insane for me to think that like this is the guy and we keep saying that last four seasons this is the guy this is the guy this is the guy but then it's like at this point now i'm just like another motherfucker another motherfucker this motherfucker like i don't see nothing that sparks me to get the energy gonna be like all right this is going to be the season you i know my favorite line here comes the fuckery even before the game started, I put it on a chat, get ready for the fuck shit. Because it's, it's, we're getting to that point where it's like, all I expect is, I don't want to say failure, but all I, all I expect is mediocre. That's it. Hugo, you're bang on. Absolutely bang on. And, and that's the frightening aspect, actually. You know, who is the guy? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know. I, I can't see the guy out there. You know, and I can see us getting somebody else after Ragnarok. And it, it, it's the same thing. And we go through cycle after cycle after cycle of the same thing. And it's, it scares me. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you mentioned about the press conference a little bit, Hugo, I believe. And it's two different guys in the press conference, man. Because we see he talks about football. He, he acknowledges the problem that's going on. But then when we see him in the pitch, uh, in the management side, we still see the same thing. And I don't know if you guys see a little bit. I feel like I'm wrong. I feel like Darren Fletcher's running this thing. I see him barking orders, talking Ralph yeah. in the year, and uh, you know, having a big influence in his decision making. Like what you what do you guys think about that? Jamie, I I know you, you just came back in, man. How much fall is Ralph Radnick in? What will you blame it at? You know what? I think it like uh, how can how can he fully commit to if he's not going to be the manager and he's only there for six months? It, essentially, what he's doing is he what is he just coaching him into to be fitter? Or I mean, at first I thought it was a great appointment. I thought the guy knows football. The guy clearly can talk a good game. He's got he's saying all the right things. Mm-hmm. He was, I mean, he was talking so much better than Solskjaer. I thought this guy, you know, with ball retention and stats and all that. Um, I know that as a few people now who seem to think that he's sort of playing money ball with Man United, and I'm not happy with that. But at the time, I think I probably would have took money ball over Solskjaer. So I just thought Solskjaer was really shit. <laughs> but I think maybe a little bit more time, and it might be better to clarify his future. So. Not just for the fans, but for the players, maybe. I'm not sure if the players know what's going on or who's going to come in or whatever. Yeah, I think everyone just sort of needs to... The, the waters are a bit muddy, aren't they? So, mm-hmm. we'll just clarify for everyone what he's doing. Is he staying? Is he going? Is he going to be director of football? And I think you're right with that Darren Fletcher thing. I think Darren Fletcher sort of... You know when you, do, you, know when you start a new job or a, a new manager takes over, they have like a handover period, don't they? Where... Somebody will come in and then the current manager will say, all oh, right, this is where the toilets are. This is what this is and this is how we do this and this is your key card and follow me for the next couple of weeks and, and then I'm going to go off to my new job and then you can start this one. I almost feel like Darren Fletcher is doing that sort of handover role. Like an um, induction? Oh, yeah, to a degree. So introducing him to the players and, it's, you know, and sort of getting him familiar with how it works and stuff like that. I think Darren Fletcher was a bang average player. 
I think uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to take anything. I don't want to take anything away from him because he worked really hard. I'd take him in the centre of midfield tomorrow. Um, but I think he's a bang average player. I know absolutely nothing about his coaching skills. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah. I don't. I just think does it not? Is it not a bit mad how he how he's the manager, Ragnar? Yeah, Fletcher's barking orders. Should, so I don't really know what feeling's what still around. By is. the way, oh. uh, we'll get me started with that. Fucking dickhead, isn't it? <laughs> fucking knob. Um, so again, a bit more clarification of what type of role everyone's doing will probably help the situation. But I don't want to give Ragnick too much stick. Um, it's just only like five, six games, and is it five games? So yes. I know we, you see other teams where they get a managerial bump, don't they? And they, they go on like a win thing. But I think with the egos that we've got there, I just don't think you'll you'll get that. So. Um, I don't want to give Ragnick too hard, hard a time. It's just, you know, we'll see there's people already out there shouting for him to go. So I can't wait till his, his manager's 10 years over and this and that. But I get the impression there's a lot of homosexuals saying that because the gutted Solskjaer got sacked and he can now say, oh, we was right and all that. Five games, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think yeah. a little bit more time. And I, what I will say is, and I don't constantly mention it on this podcast, but the persistence with Scott McTominay and now what seems to be Matic creating essentially one of the slowest centre midfield partnerships in the league. Surely at some point he's got to realise that that's not the way forward. Yeah. So you're whether right. it's recruitment, but whether it's recruitment in the summer or, I mean, he clearly don't fancy Van der Beek because no one seems to fancy him, to be honest. Um, whether it's recruitment in the summer or, Let's play some of the youth youth academy kids. We've got to be more active in the centre of midfield. I, I think every man and his dog can see that. So I don't really see why Matic and McTominay seems to be the answer. I find it fucking mind blowing to me. For a guy who knows football and was talking about retaining the ball and winning it back following losing it, so winning the ball back in transition, but then plays McTominay and Matic in midfield. You know, the, the two concepts Crazy. are like, well, they're like either ends of the spectrum. So yeah. I just don't get, I don't get that. I don't know if any of you can, you know, can sort of fill me in on why that would be the case, but I have no idea. Yeah, you're right, man. But you can see a little bit now, he, he he's excluding Rashford, he's excluding Fred now. Uh, do you honestly think if McTominay puts up with the performances like that, that he will drop him? Stu, no, uh, let me get your opinion on it. Is he ruthless in a way, or is he just giving time? Because Jamie is right. It only has been five games, and every player is getting a clean slate, but he's kind of slowly analyzing, okay, maybe this player is just not it for my teams. What do you think, so? Well, I hope so. I hope you're right. I've not seen much evidence of that, other than he keeps chopping and changing. Um I, I, there's no evidence whatsoever at the moment that he's ruthless. Um, he's just leaving players out, and I think he's he's experimenting to a certain extent. He doesn't know what his best side is, and we've seen that in terms of formation as well as as, as um, team selection. You know, we were playing a a four four two last night that when we were in attack, which wasn't often, but when we were in attack, became a four two four. When he first came in, it was a four three three, and he's he's played three at the back, so he's definitely experimenting. And, and, and rightly so, you know, he's only had five games. But I've not seen any evidence of any ruthlessness. 
Now, whether that will change if he brings in a couple of players in January, which I bloody well hope he does, yeah. because we're desperate, you know, and if he doesn't, that will tell us a story as well, because he can't be a good manager and not want to sign two good players in, in the January window. <clears throat> and if he yeah. doesn't, it's, it's again, I, I put it back to the board and Woodward, you know, they, they're refusing funds. But can, that's, can you, that's just an aside. They understand that because he's only there for six months. And what if uh, a manager comes in in the summer and then does he fancy the players that he signed? But then, then again, like, he could also say, well, he's part of the board as well. He's going to be part of the board. Uh, Jamie, you're. I want to mention this, guys. Are you guys worried about the consultancy oh, role as well? Just, just a note on that, Chris. Chris, on that, Chris, before you go and, and Jamie say something. You know, we, he was brought in with the express promise or, or trust that he was going to be the key man in selecting the next manager. So if he is that, then surely he's going to buy players that will suit the next manager because he must have a, an eye on who he's thinking about bringing in. So I'm not worried about him buying players just because he's only around for six months. Surely he's going to buy players to fit an approach that he's going to fit the next manager. And if it doesn't, then the whole fucking plan around Ragnarok is, is just bollocks yet again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. Jamie, what do you think of that, man? Uh, like I said... You think he's going to have an influence into the board when he goes upstairs because it could either go two ways. When he's up there with John Murta and Matt Judge, they could be the ones who are focused on the commercial side and fully back Ragnick in his decision-making, or they could just actually exclude him and just make him feel like a Mike Phelan. What do you think of that, man? Listen, man, when it, when it, comes, when it comes to all of that, it's like, it's it's you can try to hold do the whole commercial stuff and make sure that you know the commercial side of the market is good but you're not gonna gain any money if we literally don't win anything was the was the last time we won something Stuart, do, do you remember was jamie born was jamie born the last time the last time we won something like it feels know, like he wasn't. You know what? I feel like that. My my daughter's about is damn near a teenage. She's about to be an adult, and I feel like that's the last time we you know raised anything. Yeah, I'm exaggerating, but the point that I'm making is like, if we don't do anything on the pitch, nothing else is gonna matter. Literally, not a damn thing. From you know the stadium not getting fixed to shirts being a ridiculous amount of money. From us losing. Come on, you think Chevy took away the their their logo off our shirt for no reason? Yeah. Like, like Chevy, Chevy was on our shirt for a very long time. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and it just went away. And that's how American marketing works. I'm saying that's how sponsorship works here in America. If you don't do anything, you're going to lose favoritism and all your sponsors are going to go away. If we don't win anything. If we don't score goals and win matches and get to some type of title, you're not gonna win anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? You think you think PSG was was selling out of, you know what I mean, shirts for Cavani before like Mbappe started doing big and and before Neymar started coming in. Yeah, the Cavani shirts were there, but then they started dwindling because PSG wasn't wasn't doing much. And then Mbappe comes in there, and then Neymar comes in there, and the whole team starts switching up. 
And it's just like, it, it gets me that they're thinking about, oh, we need to make this money. Oh, we need to regain this. Oh, we need to make all this money back. But you're going to keep losing money. You're going to keep losing all type of respect, honestly, the more we lose. The yeah. more games that we lose to literally a team that is struggling all season and they come and whip our ass, they come in and, and beat us or they've been beating us and we've been on a back foot for what, 60 minutes? Get the fuck out of here. Like, like, what do you think is going to happen at that point? You're just going to like, you're already losing a fan base. And that's the sad part. A team that's had a fan base since, I don't know, since Jesus was walking around. And and now those people are starting to leave. Like, like we're, when I see the stadium empty before the last whistle blows, it really hurts me because I'm like, I feel that. Yeah. And me, like an idiot, like a diehard fan, you know, I'm watching it to the end. I watch it when, you know, I'm listening to them singing in our stadium, and that pisses me the fuck off. More yeah. than anything else, when I see just any opponent looking me dead in the face and smiling and the fans are just singing in my house, yeah, yeah. no, the disrespect is is very bold and it, it hurts me so honestly back to the beginning of this whole question like yeah they could do as best as they can in the marketing they can do whatever they want upstairs but when they realize that if it's not on the pitch getting fixed everything else is going to be a domino effect yes. the smallest domino can knock a whole building down if you set it up nicely and, and, I mean, and well, that's what it is. you're right you're right hugo absolutely uh, and it will and, and that's another another issue with the mentality of the club and the Glazers and Woodward. They, they can't see they're employing a really, really bad business model. You know? Because eventually, at the moment, they're trading off the profile of the club. The club's a juggernaut, let's face it, the biggest club in the world. Mm-hmm. So they can do that. But it won't always be like that, as you've pointed out. Mm-hmm. At some point, it will begin to lose its luster you know young younger generations would rather support city or barcelona or or whoever or even go to a different sport and eventually it'll peter out and united won't be the club that we are i mean it happened to leeds united for god's sake yeah Yeah. so you're dead right hugo dead right it's a bad business model and it's a bad mentality throughout the club yes Uh, and to carry on that as well in life, you know, technology involves, football involves, life involves, right? No one's going to care what a club or a team did 20, 30 years ago. As, as a kid growing up, right, they want to they wanna support who's winning, who's the best. And because Man United haven't been the best in the past eight years, they're going to support like Manchester City or Liverpool, like you mentioned, too. Um, and it... it it's so bad at the moment and people always say the power of now what have you done for me lately man united haven't won a trophy since 2017 and we're now about to go into the fifth season without winning any piece of silverware you know if if a club like Manchester city continue what they're doing in the next 10 years it, who who knows where they could be chelsea as well um and yeah. They, they, they need to step up and uh, just realize that, hey, this is Manchester United. This is one of the best teams or it is the best team in England. Step the fuck up. 
um, excuse my language. And it, it's sad how we see the decline for a while. And I just feel like the more time we're, we're wasting, the less brand Manchester United is and the less fan base that they're going to receive. Don't you think so? Yeah, yeah. It, it'll shrink. That brand will shrink <clears throat> in ways we've, we've all pointed out now. Uh, we'll lose generations of fans. I mean, I don't know how it works in the States, but, but over here, generally, you can say most kids, it's passed down from, from father to son, father to son, and so on and so forth, you know? But we can see a break in that trend already. We can see fathers with with sons who are wearing blue shirts now. Yeah, you know, and that must that must break their heart. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it happens, and it. Uh, Stu, let me get your percentage on this one, man. Um, how much would you blame? And Hugo and Jamie, if he's around. Let me get your percentage on it. How much of the fault out of a hundred would you blame the executives? Ragnick and the players. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't put so much on, on Ragnick because the, the poor guys had five games. Yeah. So, you know, I'd, I'd still, you know, let's 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 give him some flexibility, even though I understand what Hugo's saying, and he has made mistakes even within five games. Um, but the the rest of the fall, I I would firmly situate. 90% on top of the Glazers and the executives, the board, and then 10% on ineffective coaching. Yeah, for sure, man. And the last note I want to live out, man. Where do we go from here, Stu? Where do we go from here, man? <laughs> What's the hope, at least for the remainder of the season? The remainder of the season. What a question. Well, I mean, I'm going to be really negative now. I, I honestly can't see us getting top four. Yes. So do, where do, it doesn't really matter where we finish. If we can't get in the Champions League, do we want to be in the Europa League? Well, you know, from a season ticket holder, no, I don't want to go and watch the Europa League. I don't want to pay to go and watch the Europa League. So I'd rather not be in the Europa League. So if we finish ninth, tenth, for me, what the fuck does it matter if we're not in the top four? But that also frightens me as well that we're talking about top four being, you know, almost the holy grail. We're yeah. not even talking about challenging for the for the Premier League. This is this is you know this is exactly what we're saying about. Hugo said it right at the very very start. You expect mediocrity, so we're a club that's supposed to challenge for trophies, win trophies. And now we're talking about, like you said, the top four being being where we should be. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. Just obviously it's coming to the end and don't drag it out anymore because I'm sure we're all still fucking reliving it, reliving the game. But with the current, the current ethos of the club being top four is, is, is what we should be going for. And basically the players doing what the fuck they want and not being reprimanded for it, we'll, ne we'll never be back to where we want to. I mean, I'll just give you an example of the players there. Right? You've got Jesse Lingard that puts pictures on his social media of him wearing a West Ham shirt with no reprimand. You know, the guy's on the bench or the guy could come off, or, or come off the bench and play. He's literally taking the piss out of the club and the fans more than anything. It's ultimate disrespect. And he's still there. 
you've got Paul Pogba swanning off to fucking Dubai for uh, to rehabilitation on his hand. Yeah, no reprimand. You know, Anthony Martial putting in terrible performance after terrible performance. You've got Maguire fighting with foreign nationals in another country. All right, but he tried to do something to his system or whatever the circumstances are. Yeah, we should not be finding out about it. So, you know, what I'm saying with these players basically doing whatever the fuck they want, which is a like you said, a culture that comes from the top where. Well, you know what? If you make us a load of money, you don't really have to do a lot. You don't really have to put a top performance in. So, shirt sellers <clears throat> like Pogba and Lingard, they don't really have to put top performances in. You know what I mean? So, it's going to filter down to players. Rashford's another one. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put a top performance in every week because you'll sell a load of shirts. Without, without these players being reprimanded and without the actions of a big being a big club, you know, we'll never get there. And fourth will always be that holy grail. You know, look at Tuchel this week with Lukaku. Lukaku's oh, yeah. mouthing off in the press what happened. Drops him, bump like that. And then come out and says, Lukaku has to train, Lukaku has to train, Lukaku has to train. For him to get back in the team, he has to train. Yeah. What do we do? He goes and wears another shirt on his social media. And then he comes off the bench on the social yeah, you know the the all that that all that thing that surrounds the club. You know, earlier in the in the podcast, you called it negativity. I call it the ego. The ego of these players is fucking out of control, and that Wolves game was a prime example of that. And I just feel like we'll never get to where we need to be get where where we were, how we were, unless it's the club that comes first. And at the moment, it's it seems to be the finances. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's just my opinion, mate. I just, you know, I, I just, I, the agree. way I, I see agree. It's like that, you know, like, and I, and I think it, it can come from board level, and what happens is it starts at board level, filters down to pitch level, but for me, it's got to start back at pitch level. So whoever's in charge has got to get a grip of these players, and then say you're not playing, and then if the board want to reprimand the manager for that. Then the manager's got to turn around and say, "You have to let me do the job, or I leave." Yeah, it, that... it, it's got to come that it's got to come that way. And you, you, what happens is the manager or the coach or whatever can make himself indispensable by achieving things. So Ferguson got away with so much because he was so successful. So yeah. a, a manager's got to go in there and turn that dressing room around. It start. I personally feel like it started with Jose Mourinho. When there was a when there was a battle between him and Pogba, I feel like the board let the manager go, um, and sided with the players, and then it's 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 got progressively worse. So on the social the players are just out of control, mate, just completely out of control. They're just doing what they want, and he's not a big enough character to bring it back. And the question is, is Ragnick going to be asked bringing it back because he's only there six months? The 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 worried thing, Jimmy, to carry off. I'm I'm strongly convinced that. Any decisions that the manager makes, with, with which is a player or a signing or getting rid of players, I feel like it has to go through a chain, uh, either through Matt Judge or Woodward. I, I honestly think that's how it works. I don't know if you guys noticed this. When Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was under pressure and under verge of losing his job, it, they said that it goes through, you know, Woodward, Matt Judge, Richard Arnold. They, they're the ones who make the decision, but then Joel Glazer is the one who has to approve it. Well, like, what the hell is that? You know, it's, it's the structure. I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. He's an owner, but 
you you know the owner doesn't even know about football so it's so disjointed so disorganized and we're at a point where we're convinced that you know Ryan could be out there saying well I don't fancy McGuire but I got it well he's probably being told he has to play McGuire because one he's the captain and two he uh he earned he was 80 million pounds so it's so much power that is being neglected and roles yeah. and responsibilities aren't there to be fulfilled and uh, it's just yeah. most of the time it's just a figurehead thing and uh, it, that's where we are right now um, and we don't know we saw a little bit of Jose Mourinho where he, he tried to expose the club in a way that hey I, I try to do this but you know I couldn't get in my way because of this uh, so it, it really does stand from the board level but the players out there as well man uh, they did a Sky Sports did an interview. Well, who was at fault? Well, they always put the players down last because they were coached wrong. And in a way, I agreed. But now that Ragnar came in, these players who we know what they are, you, we know their quality, we know what they bring to the table. We're looking at them, they came and run. So it, it's just one of those. The whole club, it, the culture is wrong, the mentality is wrong. Um, and I just feel like it starts off from the captain, then to the manager, then to executives. Um, so every everything is just so bad at the moment. And Stu, I agree with what you said. I think we're going to struggle to get top four, man. Um, and then where do we go from there? We go mm -hmm. backwards. We lose. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, wasn't, we, wasn't we in a rebuild with Solskjaer? What, what's, what, what's happened there? Are we going to rebuild again now with a new manager next summer? You know, we, we were supposed to be in a rebuild with Jose. Christ, how, how long does a rebuild take? Yeah. You know, it's... Uh, it's we're, the whole club is, is rotten to the core. And uh, I, I don't see, until we hit rock bottom, I, I can't see how progress will be made. Yeah, man. Yeah. But... um. Yeah, we're uh, we're gonna wrap this up, guys. Good talk. I, that's all we needed. We needed a therapy session in it because uh, one thing I always notice is I still I want to detach myself in a way that I don't get angry when players uh, lose and the team loses and we concede goals. I kind of detach myself so that way I don't feel arranged. But I, I still want to believe, and that's all we could always ask for for fans. I'm still believe. I'm still support them. And we just hope and pray that they can turn this around um, and go from there. Any sidebar before we leave, Jamie? Um, no, not not really. I mean, I just, I just, honestly, I've said it about five thousand times, but I just can't get over the the mentality of the players. And I think, you know, I think if anyone thinks it's the manager, I think. It's so short lived to think it's the manager. I think no. just give the guys some time. I mean, I'm not a big fan of this 4 2 2 2 thing that he plays. Um, well, I just, you know, I, I just need to open people's eyes to the attitude and the, what, what seems to be coming from the players. You know, I, I just create. I mean, I'll just give you another, another little talk. I could talk about it all night, I'll be honest with you, mate. I could go on about it, but players like Greenwood. Um, who I personally thought was an absolute world beater. You know, these these other young players that are they're in the same bracket, same category as him, 
like your Martinelli's, they, they just they've just eclipsed him so much, you know. Martinelli's played absolutely fantastic for Arsenal, whereas Greenwood, I'm watching me, and sometimes I think he's gone backwards. Oh, you yeah. know, Rashford the same. Rashford burst onto the scene, you know, under Van Gaal, and I thought, wow, this kid's this kid's the real deal. He seems to have physically, you know, got everything in the locker that you need. But he again, he seems to have gone backwards. Tomine was a better player under under Mourinho. He'd gone backwards. You know, I think I think we really all need to take a take five minutes and give Radnick probably. A, Probably the six months that he needs. But honestly, I can't reiterate enough that if the, if, if the culture between the players at pitch level, um, the dancing in the back room when they've been beaten and the, you know, they're the, the doing anything not to play and you know, the, I don't have to turn in performance because I'm on 180 grand a week and who cares? You know, that all has to stop. Otherwise, honestly, we'll just... We'll, you'll be supporting him and no one else will. Do you know what I mean? That's true, man. That's true. There's always deeper than that, Jamie. I agree, man. There's more than just a manager. So, yeah. Hugo, uh, any sidebars? I need a fucking win. Like, I, I don't give a shit anymore, dog. Like, I need three points. Six points. I need nine points. I need 12 points. And whatever three points mathematically come after that. I'm 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 tired. I'm, I'm over it, and they need to get the fucking message at this point. Um, regardless, it's been a great talk. Um, I feel 10% less angry. Um, but I, you know, I want to say 10% because it's like, as much as I talk, and this is therapy to me, you know, don't get me wrong. I catch, you know, any of these 11 players on the field besides De Gea, they they gonna get a stern talking to, and and you know I'm trying to keep it calm on the podcast, and that's even hard enough. Trust yeah. me, my 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 word to them in front of their face wouldn't be so so good. You know what I mean? So I just honestly I just need a win. You know mm-hmm. I I need to beat a team that we know we can beat. Uh, I just need to beat anything. You know at this point, like it's it's I'm just tired of beating this dead horse of us being quote-unquote, not good enough, then get good enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And at this point, like I, said, I just I just want to win, dude. I, I, I want to wear my shirt proudly again. You know my ritual. If we win, I wear it. If we lose or tie, I don't wear a jacket shit. So just I just need to make sure that we get some three points. That's all I want. You know, I want a New Year resolution. We win. Yeah, it's desperate. desperate. Sorry, sorry, Chris. Chris, just before we go, um, yeah, would you, would you, would you play, would you play Phil Jones at centre back with Moran in the next game? Would you drop Maguire? Oh shit! Oh, Damn, oh yeah, I would. I would as well. I would. I would. I, I, I would drop Maguire and play Phil Jones, even if it, even if it's just a statement to Maguire to say you need to be better, mate. But I would drop him. I, did, I thought Phil Jones was the best player, you know, the other night. <laughs> yeah. I think if we if, if we're going to try and create competition for places, I think Phil Jones needs to stay in the side. I know it sounds absolutely mental to think that I would I would ever even say anything like that ever again. I said it first. <laughs> he's to play, mate. He's to play every. If he's going to play like that, he's, he's got to start, Jamie. Stu, how about what do you think, man? Any sidebars? You're the last one. 
Uh, I, I just, just, just a response to Jamie. I, I think the term is Fifth Amendment in the states, and that's what I'd take on Phil Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we need to keep it in it because the players need dropping. Most of the players need dropping, and who knows, man? Players play the best when they drop in it. They come back in. They be like, All right, I got to turn up again because I, if I don't, I'm gonna be on the bench. Uh, but that's what we need. Uh, but what I say before I say, guys, uh, no matter how bad it gets, right? Players come and go. In ten years, we probably won't see Bruno no more. We probably won't see Rashford. Uh, you know, even Fergie left, right? And we still moved on. So no matter what, uh, Manchester United is always gonna be Manchester United, and just always leave that in mind, guys. Still keep the belief. Uh, but try not to let it ruin your day like it does to me. So, but yeah, this uh, this wraps up the show. Uh, thank you, Stu, for joining in. Thank you, Hugo, for joining in. And, Jamie, thank you for coming in, guys. Uh, tune on to the next one. And, yeah, always and upwards. Good to chat, lads. Good to chat. See you soon. See you later, guys. All right, y'all. Take it easy, yo. All right.